When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh. And you are looking live at Carnage. 0-3. We slept on it. We're here this morning as we are every day after Vikings game live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. We're here with our hottest Vikings takes. We're here with a pie chart of blame. We're here with some silver linings and some things that uh, we enjoyed watching around the NFL yesterday. All of it presented by our friends at TCL, which is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. You can learn more at TCL.com. You can inspire greatness with TCL. I just want to ask you guys right away, without spoiling hottest Vikings takes, how much has your opinion of Anything you saw yesterday changed after sleeping and thinking on it? From yesterday, from this 0-3 start, zero. Nothing. Okay. Nada. Okay. Um. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. I feel like I, I was pretty hard. I, I thought they were going to win yesterday. I, I thought that going into the, our props edition, I thought that this was their get-right one. Um. But at the end of the day, I'm just kind of resorted back to most my main takes and thoughts after the Week one disastrous loss to the Buccaneers that has now set up this start. Yeah. I feel like you know, Twitter is just a small sampling of what people say and think after a football game, but I, I'd kind of forgotten what toxic Vikings Twitter feels oh, like after a big loss. You just like, man, people, people take their football very, uh, very personally, which we get. Like, that's why we're here. We're here as your football therapists on Purple Daily. But I feel like the internet. The Vikings section of the internet was a very dark place yesterday, at least as I was going through it. What's weird about that on Twitter, though, is I actually appreciate the the people that are the darkest about it. Like, I get that. What what I what I don't like is the acting like you're covering for the team. You know, acting like, well, if you look at this or you look at that, it's like, no, no, they're zero and three. Like, if you enjoyed thirteen wins, then you unfortunately have to. Um, except this as well, like 13 wins you, and this is why I didn't want to do this last year, you know, go, well, I mean, they're getting lucky and here's, here's a game that they should have lost. And here's okay. Yeah. But you know what? They didn't. Justin Jefferson makes an incredible catch in Buffalo. They, they got fortune. Yes. But you know what? They won that game. But on the flip side of that, when you don't win, it can't, it can't be like, well, the luck, you know, if you look at the luck now, it's going against them. Well, yeah, but it went for them last year. And the question is, what do you do with your luck? Well, and I think what we're learning too is the, and we, you know, I think we put up enough warnings last year, but it wound up 
not really mattering until they got to the playoffs, that the, the closer you ride to that center line in the NFL where you're just playing close game after close game, the more narrow the margin is week after week, you're not guaranteed to come out on the right. You're not guaranteed that the ball bounces the right way or that a penalty you know, goes the right way. I mean, think about through every game so far this year. Yesterday was a great, great microcosm of this. How many times last year did you see a Vikings defender, Jose Canseco, a ball into the arms of an opposing wide receiver for like the game-winning touchdown? Right. I think that was the game. I think that was the go-ahead touchdown for the Chargers, if I remember right. Yeah. To put them up uh, yeah, 28-24. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. You know, you know the Vikings The Vikings had, I want to say they ran 10 plays in the red zone in their final two drives. And I think most of them were pass plays. But there's a couple runs in there, too. And they couldn't punch it in. You know, last year, you give that team last year, fourth quarter comeback, Kirk, Kirk O'Chains, Kevin O'Connell, Magic, right? You give that team 10 cracks inside the red zone to score a touchdown to win a game. Mm-hmm. They were scoring a touchdown last year. So if you can't beat a team 38 to 10 once in a while and you're constantly playing four point games in the fourth quarter, you're going to lose some of them. And that's what's happening. If you were to say hey, over Kevin O'Connell's first 15 close games, he's going to be 11 and four in one score games. You'd be right. like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. It just so happens that the 11 came all in a row last year and now they've lost four. Yep. But the issue with, with and it's a perfect example, the Caleb Evans play the issue there is that's not bad luck make the damn play like he literally could he had the ball he could have made the play he could have picked it off he could have batted it down so like that's not like well that's bad no it's not bad luck that's a play in in the micro it's you're right but I'm saying if you're always in close games no I get you like the macro luck is just like you're at the whim of that play working out for you but this league is also for not, not as much as the Vikings do it, but this league also is based on very close games. So, like, this this league is based on make the play. Make the play. And let's not blame luck or let's not say, well, that's, I, I mean, a Caleb Evans, and, and he was crestfallen. Like, like Metellus came over to him and picked him up off the turf. So the kid felt awful, but he should have. Yeah. Um, by the way, I see a comment here. Rob K chimes in YouTube comment section. Purple Daily on draft is going to be fire this season. Yeah. Cheap plug every Monday. And we've been doing this since the week before the draft last year. But Declan hosts along with Tyler Fornis and Miles Gorham, a weekly Vikings centric draft show that you can find on Purple Daily, the YouTube channel and the podcast feeds Apple Spotify. So let's start with Judd. What is your hottest Vikings take after sleeping on that game? Indulge me in a little bit of buildup, but my hottest Vikings take is going to come after you hear from the quarterback, who, by the way, all the stats were great, 32 of 50, 367, three touchdowns, only one pick. What's he supposed to do? So I have one simple question, and then Dex will fire this soundbite. Kirk Cousins, do you have the authority to clock the damn football? Do you have the authority to go up and clock it to get guys to do that, or do you have to just run a play? Well, I mean, it's, I can do anything I want. I'm a quarterback sneak it. I can do whatever I want. But at the same time, you got to also deal with the consequences. You know, against Buffalo last year, I snuck it on my own and didn't get in. So, there, you know, you, until you know the future, it's hard to know whether to take the reins or not. But I've done it before and, and uh, try not to make a habit of it, certainly. Kirk Cousins has sealed his fate 
as the quarterback of the Vikings. Yesterday sealed his fate. That play sealed his fate. He will not be back. I don't care what the stats say, but make one thing to make one thing very clear, Kirk O'Chains has left the building. Kirk Cousins, in a moment of confusion, with, by the way, I don't care what else happened. The game was in his hands. The football, the program, the franchise was in his hands, okay? You were down by four. You were on the six. It is first down. I don't care what transpired any anywhere in that game before this, okay? You are the leader of this team. You're a captain. We have talked continually. We have heard you talk. You know, you got up in the locker room at the beginning of training camp, and you told us what's what. And at the six-yard line on first down, with supposedly, if I'm buying all the stories, him not being able to hear the play call. Kirk Cousins on first down. So he would have had three more plays if he had stopped the clock. So it's basically... uh, Easy decision. I can't hear my coach. Something's wrong with my headset. And there is confusion. I went back and watched this like three times last night. There is mass confusion going on around him. His teammates at first didn't really hurry. And then he got freaked out. And even Kevin Googler said he got to go. And Kirk Cousins, instead of spiking the ball and huddling and having calm, became the Kirk Cousins that we knew so well and couldn't stand from 2018 to 21. And that's the guy who freaked out and ran a play, which the coach said, well, that's the play I would have run. Ah, hogwash. You're telling me out of that entire playbook, he picked the right play? He couldn't hear you. And by the way, he called the play. So think about this. 35-year-old, 12th year, veteran quarterback. He called the play. So he said, I couldn't hear. So he just went up to the line of scrimmage after allowing, I believe, 25 seconds to run off the clock, and he called the play, but he didn't have the cojones to spike the football. He sealed his fate as the quarterback of this team. Between that and checking down on fourth and eight, in a moment, your season's on the line. You're 0-2. You're at home. You got a chance to win. You're 1-2. You're absolutely fine. It's not great, but you're fine. And he pulled that stunt, and by the and the other thing, come on, and Kevin O'Connell, you're guilty of this too. Post game, I don't know if you guys watch this. They tried to blame the crowd noise. Yeah, I did see that. I was in yeah, that well, building. The crowd noise. Okay, there was a buzz, but my God, gentlemen, let's go back to the Metrodome days. Let's go back to the days where where this team has been in big games at U.S. Bank Stadium and the offense is operating and and it does get loud at times and you're blaming the crowd noise? You're covering up for Kirk with the crowd noise? Kirk O'Chains has left the building and Kirk Cousins will leave this team after this season because you can't count on him when the pressure is on the most. I'm I'm just going to applaud the hot take nature of the takes. That was... Dude, that was very good. Hottest Vikings takes. Judge is coming out slinging takes here. No, no confusion at the line of scrimmage here on Purple no. Daily. No, no crowd noise issues here. We do see and hear you guys on the YouTube comment sections, but we are focused. Um, yeah, I think. God, yesterday was kind of the ultimate summation of Kirk Cousins' career in some ways. Where you let you know, start with the checklist, right? The box score first and foremost. Yep. 360-some yards and three touchdowns. You know, I, I think the 
if you go and look at like his career passing totals, like game passing totals, I want to say that was like a top 10 or 15 passing yards game. He's had maybe two or three 400 yard games, but, um, but 360 plus yards, three touchdowns. That's one of the better, just like yards and touchdowns box score games in his career. Okay. The second thing on the checklist would be, did he avoid blame for a loss? Right, that's always a huge theme, and he even we've talked about. He wrote it in his autobiography like eight years ago that he's he doesn't want to be the one that screws things up. And so yesterday, you could look up and down the offensive line allowed thirteen quarterback hits, which we're going to get to some of that with Alex Bowen in our trenches episode today. Uh, the defense gave up twenty eight points. Kirk threw for a bunch of yards. You know there were some tough things to overcome, uh, and he did a pretty good job just chunking the ball forward. But um, it wasn't really his fault right, that they lost yesterday. We could say that maybe there was a thing he could have done differently here or there, but he didn't train wreck the game by throwing bad interceptions or fumbling or anything like that. But then in the end, despite how the game got there, right, right down by four points, you got 10 cracks in the 10 plays inside the red zone over two drives. Right. And now in fairness, last year, for the first time in his career, he wildly succeeded in those situations, right? But that, but like, there's another season, and then there's another must-win game. And so to see him sort of nervously clenching his teeth and pressing the ear holes, home game, by the way, people are excited. It's a fourth-down conversion. It's not the first time a team right. has had to figure out what to do with 30 seconds on the clock. Why is everyone confused? Why You're 35, man. Kevin O'Connell, why are you trying to, like, in the heat of a moment, scream a play call into his helmet? Give I, I almost put blame on both those guys equally in this situation. Kirk shouldn't have to be like, oh, like, look into the sidelines. He's 35. He's the third oldest quarterback in the league. Either coach needs to give the quarterback full empowerment to just pick a play, pick, spike it. Dude, when there's 30 seconds left and the clock is running, there's no timeouts, it's on you. I trust you. Go, right? And if you're Kirk, I can't hear him after about two seconds. You can't let 23 seconds right. run off. But that's the thing. So. He's 35 years old. Like, I do agree. O'Connell and Kirk said, and look, I the, the postgame stuff, I don't know how, how much I buy, but but O'Connell did say, I wanted to run a play, which is yeah. in itself. But when you can't hear him, you step up to the line of scrimmage and spike the ball. And and here's the last part that really frosts me. This, this is the one that gets me the most. He had the audacity to, and this is why the editorial control on quarterback and Netflix was important to him, he had the audacity to bring up the Buffalo situation and say, well, see, I tried something there by myself and see what happened. I got yelled at. I got, I got, yelled, I got at. yelled at then. And, and and so I can't see into the future. And if I can't see into the future, dude, you're making millions of dollars to make the right call and be pretty damn sure it's the correct one. Yeah. You're using Buffalo in which you ran a play. And I'm saying, and all anyone was saying was, why didn't you stop the clock? Not why didn't you? Nobody said, hey, Kirk, why didn't you run a better play than that? Your play call sucked. What they're saying is, in fairness, why didn't you stop the clock? And he immediately, and I'm telling you, this is why he wanted the Buffalo thing included. He immediately brings up the Buffalo play, which was a play he ran as an example of, well, I, if I'm going to do this and I'm wrong, I get in trouble. Yeah. And for people, I see a couple comments like, wait a minute, they won the Buffalo game, but but they had lost the Buffalo game. On the play we're talking about, he tried to sneak it. He went rogue, tried to sneak it, which, you know what? Hey, again, bullets are flying. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to just live with a play that doesn't turn out the right way with a veteran quarterback. 
And then Josh Allen gets the ball on the kneel down, fumbles at the goal line. Vikings get it back, and the game continues, right? So I actually, I had an exchange yesterday with John Sullivan, the old Viking center that you and I both covered back, you know, 12 years ago. He was the center for the 2009 Vikings NFC Championship team. And I had tweeted out about the Steve. And by the way, the Vikings did. I will address what happened on the actual play that went awry in my hottest take here in a second. But they did get a playoff, and it did hit someone in the hands before it wound up in the arms of a Chargers defender, and we will get to that. But I just said, hey, the fact that a 35-year-old quarterback needs to wait for a coach to tell him what to do while the clock runs from you know 40 seconds down to 15 is absurd. KOC either needs to let Kirk make unilateral decisions in those moments, or Kirk needs to just make a decision. You, you can't have 23 seconds run off. John Sullivan chirps back and says, this is a clown. There it is. This is a clown show tweet, Phil. Mackie. Quarterback will never make a unilateral decision here. Nothing to do with the age of the quarterback or Kirk not taking control. Coach tells quarterback to clock it or calls a play in the headset. That's how it works. Be upset about the loss, but stupid tweets fix nothing. <laughs> so I got dunked on by John Sullivan. But I brought to his attention two things. Number one, Kirk said that he can do whatever he wants, and he's the one that called the play, okay? Right, yeah, he couldn't hear. Yep, and then secondly, I asked him, would 2009 Brett Favre have let 23 seconds run off the clock in that situation? And? Just curious. And, and John's response was, obviously human beings have free will to break rules. The system dictates that the quarterback does what the coach tells him to do. Ability does not equal authority, my previous tweet saying your tweet is dumb still stands. Personality-wise, Brett Favre more likely than Kirk Cousins to break the rules in that situation. <laughs> well, that's all I need to know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so, uh, so yes. you're saying, and now, of course, Brett, Brett Favre's also more likely than Kirk to throw a game-ending interception across his body in the NFC Championship game, but Kirk Cousins has never been close to the NFC Championship game because he's not Brett Favre. So we can go round and round and round here, but... I mean, we could do a pie chart of blame just for that sequence, but they should have had three or four cracks at it. Can I can I segue into my hottest take here, actually? Sure. Absolutely. Because I feel like we've been very heavy on uh, the criticism of a guy that did throw for 360 and three touchdowns and largely was pretty damn good yesterday, um, although I don't disagree with really anything Judge just said. Here's my hottest take. The TJ Hawkinson contract was a mistake. And I've been praising the trade I've said, hey, man, you got a guy who's 25, 26 years old here. Yeah, you're probably going to have to pay uh, the next man up tax when it comes to the contract because, you know, he's the next guy up for a contract and he's just going to be the highest paid player at his position. But he sat out basically all of training camp with mysterious ailments of a three and a half week ear infection. And then is it like a back, back or some back. some other thing? Yep, A back. Problem. And then. And then the contract hits, and he's just back at practice in full the next day. Okay, that was kind of weird. Justin Jefferson, meanwhile, practiced his, you know, what off the whole, you know, he was waiting for a contract too, right? So then yesterday, season's on the line here. You're 0-2. Mm-hmm. You can't lose your third game to start the season, or the math just doesn't work out for you. You've had historical fumble problems to start the season as a team. You fumbled six lost fumbles in your first two games. Seven turnovers, right? The coaches go on Amazon and order a bunch of, like, probing equipment so they can, as you're walking around the corner in the team cafeteria after practice, they can, like, you know, hit you and knock the football out, knock the tray out of your hand. So it's, it's been a point of emphasis all week long. Guys, don't fumble. 
Got to hang on to the football, okay? Especially our team leaders here. Five seconds into the game, TJ Hawkinson fumbles. The whole the whole week emphasizing it. Here we go. It's a home game. We're gonna we're gonna come out of the gate firing. Got a drive going down the field, and TJ Hawkinson fumbles to set the tone for that game. And the Vikings are out playing from behind, right? Okay, but the game is still winnable. The game is still winnable. Vikings have another crack in the red zone. They're down by four. We just went over all the chaos that led to the clock bleeding down to 12 seconds, but by golly, they got a play call, and Kirk Cousins makes a pretty great tight window throw to TJ Hawkinson on the goal line, and the ball rattles off of his hands and into the arms of a Chargers defender for an interception. The game started with a TJ Hawkinson fumble, and the game ended with Hawkinson. It wasn't an easy catch, but dude, like you're the highest paid tight end in the NFL now. The season's on the line. If you catch that ball, you're one and two. Now you're going to the winless Panthers, and now maybe you're off to the races here. And he couldn't secure it. So I'm off that game. I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I've been wrong, sort of vouching for the whole TJ Hawkinson thing going back to last year. The Lions have been just fine without him. Sam Laporta scored a long touchdown yesterday. He's making like a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So my hottest take is, not so sure about that TJ Hawkinson contract this morning. The really maddening thing about that whole thing, too, is both mistakes by Hawkinson are things that you work on a ton during drills and training camp. Not individual stretching, no. But how many times, Phil, have we seen them run in practices in training camp that exact red zone play? They run it all the time. Like, red yeah. zone is a period of practice. It's huge. And that play on which he didn't catch the ball, and before you you say, oh, come on, that's not that big a deal. You know what is? Timing. Timing between the quarterback and the tight end. Getting on at the same page. And don't forget, this was the first time for Kirk and TJ Hawkinson to work together in a training camp in the heat of August, right? When it's, you know, sweltering out and they're running drills and they're doing teamwork or seven-on-seven. Seven. They're running goal line stuff. They're running red zone stuff. And that is the exact that play is exactly the type of play that they work on. So you know, oh, I mean, come on, he was back for the start of the season, right? T.J. Hawkinson didn't miss that much. He had his chance to go through his first true training camp with the Vikings with a year left on his contract too. And instead of doing that, you know, stage day hold in. Don't give me this ridiculous. He had an inner ear infection. Who made that up? I mean, that's that's not as bad as bilateral leg weakness, but it's very, very close. So, yeah, I I agree. I think that that was a big part of that. I want to show you this, all right? So we, we this is a little, little preview of our trenches with Boone here. All right. So I've got the all 22 here. This is a tough catch, man. Like, I, but So I'm going to play this at, at quarter speed here. This is for the YouTube audience and, Judd, you can tell us and Declan what you think. This is probably the first time you guys are watching this like I am this morning. from the Because the TV angle, it's tough to see, like, was the ball on him? Was it not on him? So let's just run this for you guys, and you can tell me what you think watching sort of the, the all-22 camera here. All right? Okay. So quarter speed here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a pr- it's a pretty good throw here. It's just a, it's a, now people are pointing out Alex Madison to the left on this wheel route is wide open, but I don't know that that's where you're supposed to go with your progression. You know, there's a Chargers defender right there with an arm in his face. So it's not easy. And boom, there it is. So, right. I mean, you tell me degree of difficulty here. 
But again, like, like Judd said, they practice plays like this all the time where it's like, boom, just a quick laser pass defender in your face. Right. Do you expect the highest paid tight end of the NFL to make this play for you to win the game? And I would say the answer is probably yes. Well, and, and I, I think the point to go back to the practice thing, the point about the practice in August is this. That's when you have time to get on the same page because the the degree of difficulty there is incredibly high. My question is this. If you had worked on this throughout training camp and, and Hawkinson had participated, do you have just that tick of an edge of knowing how to get open just a little bit more? Because, like, that's degree, that's nth degrees, right? So, so the point is not he's going to make the more dif- difficult catch because the throw is going to be different. The point is, is he going to know just a little subtle thing about where Kirk's going to throw that ball, right? So that, that's, the, that's my issue here. That's my I- issue about a lack of preparation for a guy who decided that his contract was more important than actually trying to work on things that could have made that play a touchdown. Oh. All right, Dex, what is your hottest Vikings take today? All right. Uh, I, I did tweak the headline of this, uh, like probably right before the Sunday night game. So after we wrapped up Ventline, did some post-production stuff, and then I went back to the hottest takes. I wanted to recraft it after not looking at it for a while, and I recrafted the headline. But the bones of the take was still there. I just needed a needed a good fastball. My, my, this was more of a Nick Blackburn sinker at times, and I was like, you know what? That's going to get rocked if I, if I don't get this pitch right. So I need to go. I need to wow. really honed in here and get a better fastball in. Otherwise, I'm just going to get rocked. I don't want that to happen. So, my hottest take is, to save their jobs, Kwesi and KOC need to tank this season. To save their jobs. Wow. Boy, I mean, I'm just, you guys. How far we've come with these hot takes. Yeah, it's a good one. one Okay. So, So, you're saying if they keep trying to win... That their jobs are more likely to be in jeopardy than if they were to say, okay, let's mm-hmm. tank. Yeah, it sounds counterproductive, but this season is off the rails now. It's 0-3. There's an all-time quarterback draft coming up. And winning some games and finishing with the classic eight wins where you have a mid-team pick and you get a little brief sugar high because you beat the Panthers or you go on a nice run in October or November isn't going to answer anything long-term with this team. And yeah, turnovers are killer. But to be honest, had the Vikings at any point in these three games, really strung enough evidence to suggest that there is a sleeping giant in there. I know they're second in yards, but have they have they strung together even two legitimate quarters of football where you said, you know what, this team this team has been unlucky, or this team is actually going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. I have yet to see any any part of that come come to fruition. And the interior of the offensive line is a problem. Their running game is a bit of a problem. Justin Jefferson, stud, Daniil Hunter, back to old form. But if Kwesi, who is all about asset management, he needs to acquire and position this team to be better off in the future. That's probably selling off assets by the trade deadline. Um, You're not getting fired this year. No one's getting fired this year. But you can redeem yourself by turning a new leaf, starting a new era of Vikings football with coming up with a top five, top ten draft pick, finding your quarterback of the future, and Kwesi and KOC need to tank this season to save their jobs. That is my hottest take. Wow. 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 I mean, just to add to what you're saying here, even if you think there's some wins coming, which there are, like if they were to stay the course here, they're going to win some games. Yeah. They might, maybe they get to seven, eight wins or whatever it is. I think the, the math starts to get really hard when you start, okay, they're, they're 0-3 now. 
can you get to 10 and seven? You'd have to go 10 and four the rest of the way, but you've got the chiefs and the Niners coming up. So if you lose those games, can you go 10 and two in the rest of your games? All the while not being able to blow anyone out every single win for the last, for sure two years, but even going back into the Mike Zimmer, when's the last time the Vikings played a season and they just blew the doors off like three teams where it was just, whoa, we had a buff Buffalo bills like win right there, boys. We're going to go into Washington and just win 37 to three or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, until they build a team that can just have an easy breezy win over the Panthers this weekend, right? Which every game is a grind. It's hard to say that they have a 10 and two stretch in them, you know, minus the 49ers and chiefs games. So I don't know. Do you think they actually have it in them to tank and trade Daniel Hunter and, tr- and explore trading Kirk Cousins? Have, I don't know that the that the ownership has it in them to do that. They have never shown un- under the Wolves um, the, a willingness to do anything close. So until they do it, I won't believe it. I won't believe it, and I don't think it necessarily comes from a GM or coach. I think it comes from upstairs. You know, 2020 felt a lot like this, 0-3 to start with, and what did you do? You rebounded some, and then everybody got a little bit of hope. And then it's like, see, we're back. You guys didn't believe. And at the end of the day, you barely missed the playoffs or you missed the playoffs, but you don't get a great draft pick. Yeah. So until we see the Wolves say, you know what, screw it. Now to Declan's point, I think they're, I think Kevin O'Connell is completely safe for the long term. I think people are starting to ask questions, including internally, about the GM. Yeah. So fair. I don't think huh. you're wrong. I don't think... When you say no one's going to get fired after the season, um, I think a lot of people are starting to ask questions. I think there's a lot of red flags that uh, the TJ Hawkinson trade does not make up for a completely blown 2022 draft. It doesn't make up for the fact that there is a complete lack of depth right now. Because if you think about it, okay, and yes, he's been a bust, and yes, it it looks like a bad signing. But Marcus Davenport, who the Vikings are longing to come back. He's not played yet. Marcus Davenport is somehow like this key, key player because the depth is DJ Wanham and Pat Jones who aren't doing anything. So I think that when I am assuming, unless it's corrected, I am assuming that Kwesi has control of the 53-man roster, not Kevin O'Connell. When you look at that roster, there are some glaring holes that are caused by mismanagement problems. I don't know that Quazies is safe as we probably assume he's going to be. I think people are starting to ask questions. I think we could all just use a, like a tension relieving can of Surly a little bef- before I die lager, just to, just to sort of take a deep breath here after this 0-3 start, Judd. And then, you know what? Show us your cans, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> at Jay Zolgad on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, at Dex Tweets. We want to see your cans of Surly. You know, this season, not stacking up to be enjoyable, but that doesn't change the mission. Before I die remains the mission. And anytime you get frustrated and start to forget about that, well, Before I Die is there to remind you a great beer, a beer that will win every Sunday, even if the home team does not, Surly. And, of course, there also is my favorite, Furious, which I shockingly enjoyed a couple of this weekend while watching the Gophers meltdown. Thank God for Surly Brewing. It takes away the sting of Minnesota football. There will be Surly's flowing at Park Tavern next Sunday. So we're going to gather at Park Tavern for that noon kickoff against Carolina. 
in St. Louis Park, and we are looking forward to hanging out and watching the game with as many of you as possible. So, Judd, uh, tell them, doors open at 8 o'clock with a mm-hmm. full kitchen, breakfast served until 11 a.m. Get there as early as you want. We'll get there probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Uh, there's no reserved seating, so get there early if you want to make sure that you have a seat for the watch party and the live event line next Sunday. Yep, and when, when you walk in, we are going to be in the 11th frame. If you attended our draft party, it's going to be in the exact same room. So there will be a bar to your left. That's not the bar that that we are going to be in. We're going to be in the 11th frame and back. Now, the good news is this, and hopefully it's a gorgeous day. Uh, there also is a great outdoor patio, tons of TVs, so there should be room. But Phil is right. Get there early, and if nothing else, we can all commiserate about this start. We can remember the good times. We can cheers before I die. And here's the thing, too. Bring your hottest hottest take, your oh, yeah. hottest yeah. Vikings take. We want to hear them. We want to hear them all because I think we're all going to agree that this team needs some tweaking. Park Tavern, uh, St. Louis Park, Louisiana Avenue South. Easy to get to, plenty of parking. We will see you on Sunday for our first watch party. Also a shout-out to our friends before we get to uh, the pie chart of blame here at Power Lodge and Miller Marine. So as lake season throttles down, we're now into fall. Trust the world's largest Bennington dealer, Miller Marine in St. Cloud and Power Lodge to protect your passion. So they have winterization specials going on right now at Power Lodge and Miller Marine. They're offering free storage with the purchase of a new boat. You get double the value if that new boat is a luxurious Bennington with unbeatable employee pricing stacked on top of rebates. This is the best time of year to buy, and there's nothing wrong with uh, with fall water on the lakes with the beautiful color change cruises. It's actually a great time to be out on your Bennington. MillerMarine.com and PowerLodge.com to find out more. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right. Uh, when the Vikings win, we do pie chart of praise, but it's been oh, about uh, nine months since we've done one of those. So it's Declan here. The rock knows how you feel about pie. With our pie chart of blame since they lost again yesterday. All right. A little, uh, little pie chart here. There was some, again, tweaking to the recipe. The oven was preheating when we started up vent line. I had Vinny helping out, you know, hey, should we put this in here? And Vinny said, I don't know, don't, don't put that in there, actually. That, I, 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 don't put my Nutrisource in your pie, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't do that. Probably not a good idea. Uh, so instead, I come up with five pieces of pie here in this pie chart. Okay. okay. Five pieces of pie. We're going to start with 10% to TJ Hawkinson. Catch the damn ball, dude. Just catch the ball, secure the ball, hold on to the ball. The ball's the program. Sleep with the ball. I don't care what you have to do. Hold on to the GD football. 
I had pause when he said he wanted to be one of the highest paid tight end, or at least that was the initial reports. And of course, the contract gets signed, and he's indeed now the highest paid tight end. And there was some questions. I had questions if you can take a tier two tight end, and is he going to jump up to the tier one level of tight end like a Jason Kelsey um, or, or anyone else, basically? Travis. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Rod Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey. But I had questions about that. And yesterday, I thought he just had a terrible game. Uh, he's had some fumble problems. 10% of my first piece of pie to the Vikings tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Okay. All right. Yeah, tough. To, I mean, we already kind of went over that with my hottest take. So tough tough to leave him out after the bookended uh, fumble. And I don't know if it was classified as a drop, but the ball hit his hands. So we'll call it a drop. All right. All right, next piece. Same amount, the 10%. Knows how you feel about pie. It might shock. Maybe it'll shock you guys a little bit, but I don't know. Here it is. 10% to Brian Flores. So Brian no, Flores has a different look here, right? Different look. Not, not, not the Donichelle look. In fact, it's the opposite. They are blitzing at a historic rate. Some rates that we haven't seen in years. But at the end of the day, they're still allowing a ton of yards. I like the scheme. I don't feel as bad as about the Vikings defense as I did a year ago. But at the end of the day, dude, you got you to stop. stop the other team. And Justin Herbert's a, an assassin. Hard Hard person to stop. One of the best in the league. We saw it on display yesterday. The dude completed like 80% of his 45, 48 dropbacks, whatever it was. Uh, but I still have to blame a defense. I don't think, as much as we have problems with the turnovers, which is rightfully so, I don't think you can also just look at the defense and say, oh, yep, all good. No problem there. 28 points, a ton of yards. Uh, they can't stop the run. The Chargers didn't do that yesterday necessarily. But I, I still think if you look at the game yesterday, you can't just not completely ignore the defense. So, Ten percent of this pie try to blame to Brian Flores in the defense. I'd go. You know, so, I'd put that on Quazy though. It's the personnel. The personnel is just not good enough. Un- unfortunately, that that front line is just. I, I mean, again, if you are like, well, Marcus Davenport's going to come on, come on in on his white horse and save the day. T. Swift. That that personnel is absolutely not sufficient. I thought it it might be. I mean, they blitzed Herbert on eighty one point three percent of his th- uh, throws, of his dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tells you that Brian Flores is gr- is grasping at straws. My Donatel, my Donatel problem was the fact that I felt like he did nothing to try and help. I think Flores is doing everything. He's essentially throwing the kitchen sink. Uh, and I don't know the back end is as, as suspect as we thought, but that front end is, I mean, there just ain't much there. And, and despite just throwing – Everything he possibly can at these opposing quarterbacks with the historical blitz rates. You know, you said eighty-one or eighty-two percent blitz rate yesterday. The Vikings, after three games, have the twenty-fifth ranked pressure percentage. Yeah, so they're just not outside of Daniel Hunter. There's just not. Ivan Pace has done a pretty good job getting in there sometimes, but you know, until Davenport gets here. But at this point, it's like you signed Davenport to be here, and he hasn't played. Right. You're zero and three, and it's like, what's the point now? Yeah. I'd almost try to just flip him for like a fourth round pick, but no one's going to pay that because, you know, the last time anyone saw him for even a parcel season, he had a half sack. The hope was back healthy. And then with this system, he's going to start converting pressures into sacks. And well, we haven't seen it. So, all right. So we got uh, 20% down here. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. 15% on this third piece of pie. 15% to the Vikings offensive line. The interior still stinks. Brian O'Neill, who I think came into the game as the highest-graded tackle through the first two weeks of the season, I felt like he had a rough game. I'm interested to see the PFF grades, and I believe they're trickling out as we speak. Uh, but the interior of the offensive line was a problem. I think Kirk sacked four times. 
Uh, sometimes those aren't all completely on the offensive line. A quarterback's got to make a play. But this offensive line, which we got to see in the Netflix doc, that was a problem. Probably th- something that we didn't talk about enough during the course of last season. And then we see this Netflix doc, and it gets stuck in our brains. And the offensive line still remains to be a problem, even with, on paper, two really good tackles in Derisaw and Brian O'Neill. Uh, the offensive line still deserves blame here for making Kirk's life very difficult. I give 15% of this blame to the Vikings offensive line. So I will say, and we'll, and we'll let Alex Boone be the, the final authority here when we do our trenches film breakdown, our second episode of Purple Daily later today. I went through this morning, and I watched from the all-22, you know, the end zone camp, almost every offensive snap from both teams yesterday. And it's funny because Kirk, it said Kirk was hit 13 times and Herbert was hit five times. There were probably, I would say, half of those 13 hits were like a guy coming in and maybe getting like a, a bump, but but nothing that knocked Kirk down. So hit can be kind of a... Now, there's a couple times where Kirk got drilled or sacked or whatever it was. But the biggest difference between those two guys in just, just watching this one game is that Herbert, on several occasions, because he's just more athletic, he's a little faster. He's not like Lamar Jackson... Uh, you know, athletic, but he's he's so great at just moving and getting out of the way. Yep. He made some plays, first down throws and touchdown throws that probably would have been sacks if it was Kirk Cousins in the pocket. So do do with that what you want. That you can you can you can still blame the offensive line for allowing the pressure, or you can say, oh, it's nice to have a super athletic mobile quarterback that can scoot his way over here ten yards and then make a throw across his body, whatever. You know, it's just. But this is the life the Vikings chose. They knew they knew that Kirk Cousins wasn't going to be. Now there was a couple plays where he did a great job, kind of weaving around and ducking and pac manning his way for a throwaway or something. Uh, but he's not, especially at age thirty-five, he's not going to get out of the way like some of these other star quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes do. Herbert wants the heat. You could tell he wanted that heat. They blitzed him. He's like, oh yeah, and he knew exactly what he was going to do. And and I think it's. Two things. I think one, as we talked about on Ventline yesterday, Herbert navigates the pocket brilliantly, but also he has the rare release that's so quick. Once he sucks you in, so you're coming at him, he's like, bang, falls out. Um, he has a skill set that Kirk simply does not, not have. But this also gets back to the point of, okay, if Kirk, if you're going to make your bed with Kirk, you better give him an interior offensive line that's damn good. And they never have. Okay. The Rock right, we're making our way. About pie. Two more slices. Two more slices. Next piece of pie. 25% to being situational failures. Oh! <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh! Situational masters. We talked about that. That was a buzzword uh, from Kevin O'Connell when he was hired. But, you know, I'm going to turn this around and say situational failures oh. for the Vikings, Okay. Numerous trips to the red zone. Of course, those those last ones, the fourth quarter, were a buzzkill. Brandon Staley gifts you the game after I'm not completely against him going for it. I know Phil laid out the fact that actually that was the good play. If you get it, the game's over. Yep. I'm with Judd that probably needed a better play call to get that fourth down. Regardless, though, you get a humongous stop, right? You are on the doorstep. You're in the red zone again. You have been given a situational master to to go uh, go ahead and score the go-ahead and, and game-winning touchdown. And again, you fail. You fail with fumbles. You fail with long drives that don't get to where you need to go. You are situational failures. Situational masters was the buzzword last year. You are situational failures 
in 2023. 25%. The, the Rock knows how you feel about pie. Print the shirts. And then what's your fifth slice here, Dex? Last piece, biggest piece left, as you can tell if you're doing math at home, uh, 40% to Kevin O'Connell. I'm putting a huge chunk of this game on the head coach. So the Chargers came in to this game as one of the worst pass defenders in the NFL. They could not stop the pass. And you cannot necessarily just ignore running the football. The Vikings running game hasn't been good, but the Vikings made an effort to establish the whole run early against this team. When everyone knew you can pass on them, all day long. The Vikings have a terrible run defense. And here's the Chargers finishing with 30 rushing yards because Justin Herbert's an assassin and can take the splits and just carve you up with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, right? Like, you can do that. And for whatever reason, Kevin O'Connell went in this game plan of, I want to establish the run. I want to establish the run. You obviously have the miscommunication with Kirk Cousins at the end. At the end of the day, in my opinion, the biggest chunk of this pie chart of blame, where we can spread it all across, I think it has to go to Kevin O'Connell. So 40% of my last piece of pie to the Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell. So five pieces of pie. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. 10% to TJ Hawkinson, 10% to Brian Flores in the defense, 15% to the Vikings offensive line, 25% to being situational failures, and 40% to the head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Wow. Uh, Judd, how do you feel about the proportions here? Or the portions, I guess, I should say, of pie. On first blush, I think they're good. I think they're good. And yeah, I mean... Kevin O'Connell gets a large chunk of pie. There's no question about it. He deserves it. He is, uh, as much as he pushed the right buttons in his first season in 2022, he has not managed to come close to that. And, yeah, when you get the ball, I mean, you're an offensive guy. Your team, like, that's your your whole thing is, I'm not, uh, you know, Zim was defense. I'm offense. We're going to get the ball at, what, the 26-yard line? We've been given a gift um, in the play call, at least on fourth down, we're down by four. This is going to be a huge win. Like we are going to score and we're going to be, this is going to be an enormous season changing potentially win. And that's what happens. Yeah. I think Declan's exactly right. I think, and between O'Connell and Quazy, there's a lot of blame here. There is a lot of blame here. I don't think that the roster's as strong. If you are going to have the audacity to use the term competitive rebuild, which really started this season, that means you are having competitive players, right? From a personnel standpoint, the problem is you don't have enough. And from O'Connell's standpoint, if your forte is is offense and you have been given the ball deep in plus territory with, what, a minute and change left, and you can't score a touchdown? No. Declan is right on. Kevin O'Connell deserves a large chunk of pie. Thank you. All right. The Rock knows how you right. feel about pie. There's your, your pie turn to blame here on uh, the morning after the 0-3 start. It's been a long time since we've done a pie chart of praise, so we'll see if we can if we can get one at some point. All right, let's go around the room. We're also going to do um, some NFL observations, the, the best thing we saw on the Red Zone channel or watching the NFL. But give me a silver lining. When the Vikings win, we keep it balanced with a nitpick. When they lose, we give you a silver lining here. So, Judd, give me a silver lining of some kind. Jordan Addison, who, by the way, did not have a catch. I think he had one target in the entire first half. Again, what was the game plan exactly? I'd love to know that. But he Established the run, baby. He rebounded. But the the thing is, you're supposed to establish the run to set up the pass. Like, it's not supposed to be like... They they did. They threw for 365 yards, But the problem is, 
They didn't do it at the right times. Jordan Addison had one target in the first half. He ended up with eight, six catches, 52 yards. This kid needs to play a bigger role in the offense, okay? They, he needs to play a bigger role. Justin Jefferson was ignored in the first quarter. Justin Jefferson should never be ignored for a, a quarter. He made two or three catches yesterday that, again, most guys don't catch. But the But the bright spot to me, the silver lining to me, Jordan Addison continues to prove that he belongs and his role, I think, should be increased. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back up for a second because after what you what you just said and and Declan having Kevin O'Connell forty percent of of the pie here, I actually The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Kevin O'Connell, maybe not perfect yesterday. The confusion at the end, you gotta figure that out. Either let your quarterback run a play or talk louder in the headset. I don't know, but like that can't happen. Outside of that, Kevin O'Connell put the Vikings in a position to win that game 31-28. to And if I would have told you five days ago, hey, the Chargers are coming to town, they've got a high-powered offense with weapons, their defense gives up a lot of yards, the over-under is one of the highest you're going to see in the NFL. It was like, what was it, Dex, 54? 53.5, I believe. 53.5 mm-hmm. for an NFL game, that's, that's very high. Oh, yeah. You don't really, in college you see that, and you see like a 60 or 70. But the world expected this to be... 20-something, 27, 28 to 28, 30, like somewhere in that range. Everything was set up. Not perfectly all the time, but that's the NFL. Everything was set up for the Vikings to win that game 31 to 28. You had 10 offensive plays over two drives in the red zone, down by four, punch it in, you win the game. And your quarterback couldn't get it done. Your highly paid tight end couldn't make a catch. And even like going back to the Chargers, the 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 28th point that they scored, uh, their last touchdown, you, you've been trying to pressure all day long. Brian Flores is going to pressure, pressure. We're going to send 80% blitz rate, right? And you didn't exactly like uh, knock Justin Herbert over on that play, but you pressured him enough to make a little bit of an off-balance throw down the field short of the target. And a Caleb Evans jumps up with two hands. Game over if he picks that pass off and he drops it. It goes off of his head, Jose Canseco style, and into the arms of a wide receiver. So the chess pieces were in place. Your cornerback wasn't good enough to make a play. Your tight end at the beginning of the end of the game wasn't good enough to make a play. And your quarterback, despite making a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks last year, your quarterback couldn't punch it in against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Ten chances in the red zone over the final two drives. So. I don't know. We can sit here and blame KOC all we want. We can say that uh, maybe you should have passed more early on to set this up. My God, the Vikings are averaging six and a half yards of play so far this year. Quarterback, put a ball in the end zone. Tight end, catch a pass in the end zone. Cornerback, don't let the ball bounce off your head for an opposing team touchdown. Okay. The, d- the defensive side, say. I agree. The red zone failures, ultimately, at least a chunk, a big chunk, comes back to him. They've got to score. And, yes, it would have helped if Hawkinson catches that ball. But, Phil, when you run 10 red zone plays, that's one of 10. You're telling me you can't find ways. And, I mean, this is a problem last year. Watch the good red zone teams and the good offensive coaches and the creativity. We, we complained about this a year ago, and we're still not seeing enough. He's not doing enough. 
And as far as I could tell on, on the Hawkinson drop, Justin Jefferson is, I think, in the back of the end zone, but he's not an option. Like, all of this also comes back to play calling and coaching. When you run 10 red zone plays and you were hired, you were hired to be an offensive master. I'm not going to back off here. Dude, you got to score touchdowns. And you had a whole year. You had a whole year to go back and watch tape of what you didn't do in the red zone and steal ideas from the entire league. And this is what we got. So you're saying when they run 10 plays in the red zone and don't score a touchdown. You're saying that those are that he's putting Kirk Cousins in a bad position, and that if Kirk had a better coach or a better play caller, they win that game yesterday. I'm saying he's putting the entire offense in a in a position that's not as fortuitous as a lot of coaches do. Because watch the best coaches and what they do in the red zone, personnel wise, to confuse defenses. So I'm yeah. not just saying it's okay. a Kirk Kirk KOC thing. I'm saying it's an entire team thing. But it does definitely reflect on him as well. There's a couple times where a drive finished up yesterday and the cameras caught Kevin O'Connell going over to Kirk Cousins frustrated and basically saying, what did you do on that play? I saw a couple of them. So I think if we were to sit down here, and again, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's a top five coach or anything. I think if you were to sit down and watch film of those last 10 plays, I think Kevin O'Connell would say, well, if I had Justin Herbert, yeah, oh, we I'd probably don't go that. 0 for 10 in the red zone. Love to know that. Absolutely would love to know that. Well, I also think if if he was being completely truthful, he would say, don't let 25 seconds go off the damn clock. Spike the ball. I, I mean, Kevin has done everything in his power to basically cover for Kirk. Like at every turn. At every turn. And so, yes, I think that you would hear, if he was telling the truth, I don't think he really wants to blame the fans. Well, it's too noisy. But we got to go by what he says, and I will say this. I don't see – I thought we would see more creativity as far as personnel packages in the red zone. And unless you saw things today on film that you liked, I have not seen that yet. Enough. Yeah. I don't know. I think he realized early last season you can only be so creative when you have a really rigid, non-mobile quarterback. That's what I think is happening. No, that's why I think he's but, in his last year. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, so. I'm not here to defend Kirk. I'm, I'm here to rain, to rain <laughs> on the entire the parade. By, I'm here I, to rain on the we, entire we parade. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I'm like, I come off as, as, as probably over defending Kevin O'Connell. But when you look at that game, they should have won that game 31 to 28 and players didn't make plays when they should have. They weren't going to win. I don't think they, I don't think that was going to be the blowout win that I've been sort of wanting to happen for three years. Not with that, yeah. those defenses and sort of the, the track meet stadium and everything and Justin Herbert. But mm-hmm. anyways, Declan, what's your silver lining? Give us a silver lining. Uh, silver lining for me, Justin Jefferson. I am upset, yes, that he was not targeted basically at all in the first quarter. Was it one target, Judd? Zero. Zero targets in the first Zero quarter? Zero in the first quarter, yeah. Yeah, he still winds up with like a buck 49 and a touch. I mean, the dude is just an absolute game changer. What crazy things, right, when you target the best wide receiver in the NFL and he can make significant plays. Um, I, it's, it's incredible watching him and I know we're probably going to get into a longer discussion as the games go on and as the months pass of, can they still lock him up? Which I believe they can, but Justin Jefferson's a stud, man. It's, it's a treat watching him. Vikings have had a ton of great wide receivers come through here. Uh, and it's even cooler seeing Justin Jefferson basically ball out. You know what my silver lining is? 
as I open up tankathon.com this oh, morning yeah, here. here you go. Here you go. I'm leaning into this, right? I'm leaning into this. <laughs> the Cardinals are better than people think. They had a 28-7 lead in the fourth quarter on the Giants last week, and then they boat raced the Cowboys yesterday. Yeah, no, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. So they're they're feistier. They're playing hard. They probably should be two and one right now. So so one of the teams that you thought there's no way you can finish with a worse record than that team. Well, they're fighting a lot harder than everyone thought. Um, there's a couple teams that are almost certainly like the Bears are almost certainly going to pick very very high. I don't know what to make of the Broncos. Like it's that's a weird vibe, but it's hard to envision a Sean Payton team winning like three games. Uh, but right now, the Vikings are projected to draft third, according to Tankathon. They, they're they tied for the worst record, obviously. Caleb Williams going number one to the Bears. Drake May going number two to the Broncos in this iteration. And then the best edge rusher in the draft, according to Tankathon, is Jared Verse, the six foot four, 250-pound edge from Florida State. The Vikings would draft their edge rusher of the future here. So... Now, now, maybe they could wind up getting a second first-round pick if they trade to Neil Hunter before the deadline, and they could take an edge rusher and a quarterback. But uh, my silver lining is waking up in the morning after a loss and just going to tankathon.com and other mock drafts. Till they win four consecutive games when we're, we're all like, trade the team, and they're right. like, ah, oh, no, we're back. You guys didn't believe in us. We're back. Yeah. We're going to really show you now. Are the Bucks good? Well, it's to be determined, in my opinion. I don't know. I think we all kind of labeled them as probably a top three, top five drafting team. I did, yeah. And they've looked, Baker's actually looks really good so far through three what games. Bikes have, uh, bikes have, wait, are they, did they, are they three and oh? They're two and oh. They played a night. Yeah, the Bucks. Got it. Okay. Okay. Two Monday yeah, night two games, games again. Two games. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how I feel about two Monday night games. I don't need them consistently. Yeah. Like back to back weeks. It's like candy. Last week was like, oh, nice treat. Tonight, I'm like, I just need one game. How, are we doing this for like a lot of Mondays now? I don't even know. I, I think so. I think so. I don't hmm. even, I have no idea. I just don't need to, yeah, I, I would prefer it be tucked away on, because I, I mean, it's a Sunday noon game, right? The Bucks play whom tonight? I don't they play even, the Eagles tonight. Okay. Oh, well. I think the Eagles we'll have are a, prime time. The yeah, Eagles are prime. They, they are. The Bucks not so much. You know what else is primetime? Nutrisource. Primetime for our dogs. Yep. The official dog food of Purple Daily and Score North. We've got uh, a giant scoop of Nutrisource going in Maya's bowl here in this video you see. And this is the happiest. She she looks like this three times. We give her three uh, scoops a day. And uh, she is. Wow. Yeah. Well, we, we give her like a snack at lunch. Oh, okay. I got so, that's so very nice of you. Too much, yeah. That's very and nice she's that happy every single time. It's it's pretty amazing. Stella's the exact same same way. In, in fact, there she sits with her bag of uh, training rewards treats. And here's the thing: I empower Stella to make decisions about her food. So, like, she's not like, well, pop up. I'm not sure about this or that. Uh, uh-uh. uh. She knows the play call at the line of scrimmage is always going to be Nutrisource, and she makes the right call. Yeah, uh, Vincent Vincent is a situational master when it comes to uh, getting his <laughs> Nutrisource. No, he uh, he does. Yes, the little beard, all, all all looking cute and treat. Yeah, I mean, how can you not give this dog a treat when he's staring at you looking like this? Okay, he loves his Nutrisource. Yeah, he looks. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com. We just picked up another bag yesterday at uh, our local Nutrisource dealer. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com, where you can find a list of places to get Nutrisource. 
Also, a shout-out to our friends at the Minnesota Lottery. The Vikings might not be winning games, but you can win with the Vikings scratch-off ticket. And this is it right right here. Your ticket uh, to winning big. The scratch game, of course, the official scratch game of the Vikings. And you could win up to, get this, just from this thing right here, $100,000. Second-chance mm. prizes, including season tickets or a trip to an away game. That's officially exciting. Minnesota Lottery. Just say, I am in. It must be 18 or older to play. But again, the Vikings might not be doing well, but you can be thanks to this. Yes, indeed. I feel like uh, we got we've got so many other things to record here this morning on uh, Score North. So maybe we'll get to some more NFL related talkers throughout the week on Purple Daily. But like the Dolphins hung seventy points on the Broncos yesterday. The Jets. Are Taylor Swift was in tough. town watching no, no Travis Kelsey. The Jets. The Jets. The Jets. They got to do something at quarterback. This kid can't play. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. By the way, the Kelsey Swift thing, it's a lot of fun. I ain't buying what they're selling. You're not buying you that they're together? They're, you think they're faking for publicity? Yes. Which, by the know, way, man. I have no problem with, and I think it's very smart. Well, I think they're friends. Like, I, I think they've become friends, but I'm not buying what is being sold. Why not? It's too convenient. My experience with things like this is it's often seems very inconvenient. Yeah. Actually, she's no. like on a world tour. She's all the, the biggest time. Dude, like she's star got on the all planet. the t- dude singer on the planet. Private private planes are like cars. It's a great. I think it's great. I think it's fun. And the Kelseys, I mean, come on, those guys are geniuses. She, need, she needs a Kelsey though. Like it's the, a, the other bozos she's dated are nothing you like know what him. This is this yeah. Is, they're all like they're all like you homebodies. Know what this is, boys? Yeah. You know. This is a work. I think this is a work. This is a this is a work. I think it's a shoot. About to say, I think it's. A shoot. I think it's a shoot. I think it's. Real. <laughs> I'm going work. I'm going work. <laughs> the fact that we got Judd to use wrestling. Yeah, it was awesome. I do here. like it's it though. I do like it. it. I'm not against it. Double I just turn. think it's a work. Okay. Well, we'll find out, man. I, I I just don't know that. Like, she could just she could she could work any celebrity in the world, right? And she's. Oh, yeah. pick, I mean, and we know Travis more, Kelsey. But this is fun. Yeah, like, but there's a million guys that she could like have a fake relationship with yeah, that would be even Kel- higher profile than Travis. This is better for Travis Kelsey than it, it is one hundred percent. But this is fun for for her because Kelsey's fun. Like if she was to pick an actor, yeah, loving him is red. Like if she was to pick an actor, that's not fun. They're pompous asses. This is a guy who's a fun guy. This is a better story too. She's in the suite. She's in the suite banging on the glass. I I think this is. Again, she dropped an LFG. Yeah, did you see did. that? It's great. Drop she dropped an LFG. And by the way, I have become a fan. I I didn't used to like care, but I think she's well. One, she's talented and really good at what she does. But two, like I like this stuff. I think it's hilariously funny. So just to be clear, I'm not bashing her, but I think that this is a perfect like because he is he's high profile. But yes, she exceeds him by a, a lot. But she's been down this path with so many other what singers and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Guys yeah, like they're, this. they're all they're all duds. Yeah. They're all like, yeah, John this is Mayer. more fun. But this is more fun. Who wants to be in a relationship? We can do a John Mayer yeah. just sit in well, the dark and listen to acoustic songs. About, oh, like, I've heard I've heard things about John that so might be overrated. why. But anyway, to get back to why I think that th- this is just way more fun. I don't think there's going to be much up here. I don't think there's going to be one bit of like real dating or commitment. I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Strap it. You clearly, you clearly disagree. Yeah. I, you, well, you could, you want it to happen. It's okay. Yeah, of course I want you to let, But at your age, I probably would have too. but right now I'm telling you right but the now, the fun, the fun would have been in the summer, right? Like that would have been the, her little hot girl summer tour. I know the tour was still going on, but like I, 
I, it's fall right now. She's butting up with her mom. Like the body language to me tells me that is not just a friendship or a or a ruse that's going on. Okay. I agree. Why would she spend that much time with mom? Like her yeah. and mom were canoodling. It was. It feels you to me why? like early stages of a relationship. Okay. Totally. All right. We'll see. We'll see. You're I, in your 30s now too. You got to go quick. I like think she's it's, been around a couple weeks and she's already closing up with mom. Like she's she knows what she's doing here. Yeah, she's ready. You, you guys are being played. You guys are being played. America's being played. Don't forget Sports Dad said that. Uh, we're going to hit you with a bunch more Purple Daily stuff today. Purple Daily on draft, Before I Die, Trenches with Boone. So keep an eye and an ear out on the Purple Daily podcast feeds and the YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us here on this Monday live stream. Vikings 0-3. There's a... Uh, There's a lot of uh, speculation about what the future may hold, and we will be right at the center of it here on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.